This is a Clark University podcast. So in the old, old days, we used to think that everybody needed to talk and to sort of relive what happened and process what happened. And it turns out that 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 really isn't the case. In fact, if you push people to talk about things, it can sometimes make things a lot worse. So everybody just does their recovery in in the time that it takes for them to do it and in their own way. And so we never push people to talk, um, but if they want to talk, we, we, we absolutely listen. When Wendy Krolnick isn't teaching psychology at Clark University, she works with the American Red Cross, responding to disasters across the country, both natural and man-made. I did deploy to Sandy Hook after the school shootings there. And I also just recently went to Uvalde and did that disaster response as well. Every disaster is different and it sometimes depends upon when you get there. So for example, after Sandy Hook, I arrived within a day. Um, The shooting happened Friday night and I was there early Sunday morning. Um, Things hadn't really been set up in terms of a family assistance center and reaching out to families and all. So we were sort of creating that. Um, what, What should that look like? There, most of the time I spent working with families whose children were in the school and um, the Red Cross set up the middle school so that families could come in and just get some eyeballs on their kids to see if they were okay. In Uvalde, I came about a week later and things were all set up, but at, by that time, people were really coming in and and um, sort of it was setting in what had happened and some of the behavior patterns of the kids. They're wondering, are we gonna, you know, are the kids gonna be not sitting in their beds forever? You know, that things like that, that where, where we can um, we can work with the families and help them to, you know, to cope as best they can. The Boston Marathon was so completely different. And then sometimes you work in a natural disaster where, you, you know, it's a different kind of challenge where there isn't the infrastructure anymore, you know, to for people to go to get their, to, they don't have houses, they don't have their medications, they, they have lost everything. It's it's completely different kind of need. I did a virtual deployment to Hurricane Laura in um, Louisiana, so it's not it's not the same as being with the people. But if you can't leave, you can do that as well. Wendy's research is on children and families, especially motivational development. Around 2007, she started to wonder how she could be more connected to her community. Her desire to help led her to disaster response work. I'm Melissa Hansen, a producer in Clark's communications office, and this is Challenge Change. I contacted with the Red Cross and asked them if I could just volunteer, helping people in their times of need. And I learned about the field of disaster mental health to take the skills that I have, the clinical skills that I have, and bring those to the disaster response for people in the very immediate aftermath of disasters to help them and be there and to comfort them and so forth. It actually is a fairly new field. It started in 1992 with the, with the Red Cross, and it's mental health professionals who respond to disasters. The interesting thing about the Red Cross is we don't differentiate between different mental health professionals. We're all, we're all the same. 
After the tragedy in Uvalde, Wendy found herself stationed at a memorial site, replete with crosses, teddy bears, and flowers. As people approached to mourn, Wendy helped them process their emotions. You, you had people visiting from all over the country, people driving 10 hours to pay their respects, bringing their children, you know, to, to model compassion, and a lot of people coming to the funerals who then stopped at the sites who were, you know, struggling. So help, helping people there. We had a, a family assistance center also where anyone could come and we we did um, intakes on the on the people that came and to sort of assessing their needs and figuring out what how we could help them and assigning mental health support. At the very beginning, it's a little bit chaotic um, in terms of what's going on and um, you might be dealing with uh, the people who are most, you know, directly affected. Um, a week later, anyone who was affected in any way by the school shooting could come in and get services, um, some mental health services and also some financial services because it affected people in all kinds of ways. In the immediate aftermath of a disaster, people aren't always ready to open up and talk. Wendy works with survivors at their own pace. We have this idea when people are stressed, they they fight or flee, right? But they also freeze. A lot of times people just feel they're so overwhelmed, they just don't know what to do next. And so sometimes it's really sort of normalizing that experience. You know, it's, it's completely normal and understandable to feel frozen. And then helping them to sort of take little baby steps to say, you know, what are you going to do tomorrow? What's one thing you could do during the day? Or or helping them to deal with the feelings that they have through relaxation or breathing. Or we have a lot of things in our toolboxes that we just we take out as they're as they're needed. I and the Red Cross have the philosophy that people are resilient. Sometimes people forget that they have a whole repertoire that they've used before. You'll go to a fire sometimes and People are with you in the emergency response vehicle and they're upset and alone. And, and you say, is there someone you, you want to call? Is there a friend that could come by or that you'd want to speak to? And they they never, they never don't think of that. And then the person comes and says, why didn't you call me? You know, so you can mobilize those um, those networks for them. You know, one of our hopes is that, that the mental health workers in a national disaster or local disaster will help the people to prevent post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, we can get them the resources they need and help them to cope in ways that it doesn't develop further. So we're trying to play a preventive role as well. For Wendy, memories linger once she returns home. She'll think about the people she has helped, but she also takes time to rest and refuel. In some ways it's harder to leave than it is to come. When you're there, you're in your helping mode and you're just doing what needs to be done, supporting each other. When you come home, you, you, know, you really feel that you've left people and there's so much more to do, so many more ways to help. You really do have to be cognizant of your situation and self-care. When you are considering going on to one of these operations, being deployed to one of these operations, you know, there's a, a lot of um, interviewing that you have to go through. <laughs> For a mass shooting like Uvalde, I talked to the head of mental health at the national level, who interviewed me and made sure I was in a good place to do this, and then our local Western Mass response people. And so there's a whole set of questions that 
that need to be asked. And you have to really, I think, look yourself in the face and say, is this, is this a good time for me to go? I mean, if you're, if you're sort of worried about what's going on at home, you're not going to be focused on the work. Wendy has been at Clark for more than 30 years. Before she started responding to disasters, she dove deep into researching how children and families can best function. That expertise has helped at disaster scenes. I'm a parenting researcher, and I do a lot of work looking at how parents can help their kids be motivated in school and for, you know, other things. And, and we talk a lot about, for example, the importance of structure and, you know, having clear rules and guidelines and routines and things like that. And, and so, for example, in the, in the aftermath of these disasters, having you know, consistent routine again becomes really important. And and that's backed up by this research that we've been doing for a lot of years, for example. And so it gives a little empirical evidence to, to some of the things that we do. We also, in our lab, study what we call autonomy support. Parents giving kids choices, helping them to feel agentic. And even in the aftermath of a disaster, you also want to help the kids feel less helpless. And so some of the strategies that we have found in our research translate really nicely into some of these situations. We always tell parents that the kids will take their cues from them. So, you know, there's something called social referencing. Even babies will see something and they turn to their parents like, is that okay? <laughs> or should I be scared? Should I not be scared? What could you do to be in that place so that you can be that positive reference for, for your kids? That and getting back to routines as quickly as they can so that the kids have some sense of things that are predictable and, and normal. I was a American Psychological Association Executive Branch Fellow, and I spent the year in D.C. at the National Institute of Health, and in particular the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development. And my goal there for the year was to push for more research on children and disasters. We really don't know that when we go out there and do these things that it prevents PTSD. We think that, but we, <laughs> we don't really know that. Wendy has helped people who are going through some of the worst days of their lives. Amid the chaos and sadness, she has found strength and hope. You know, when you go to these disasters, you see what people have gone through, but you also see amazing community connections and support. And, um, you know, just the way people who have been so affected say, help him, he's got it worse than me. So that gives me faith in humanity and the resilience of people that they can come back from this and sometimes come back stronger. Restores your faith in humanity in, in a lot of ways, even when it's hard to come by given all these terrible events. Yeah. To learn more about psychology at Clark, visit clarku.edu psychology. Challenge Change is produced by Andrew Hart and Melissa Hansen for Clark University. Find other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. One, two, three. Clark! <laughs>